While I'm playing in the background, you can't hear it, but it's coming through my headset. So I'm listening to Ready for Love. The uh, band is a bad company. And uh, so this is my day in which I just got done finishing listening to a series of uh, saxophone jazz. Love some saxophone jazz. Love me my jazz. I love some blues as well. My wife hates jazz. She hates the blues. But I definitely love jazz and blues. It's about uh, 7.30 in the morning. I've been up for two and a half hours. Got most of my workout in done. A lot of my reading, a lot of my emails. Worked on a project, came up with a couple of really cool ideas and having a really good time. Want to talk to you now about something that I can tell you absolutely unequivocally beyond the exclusion of every reasonable doubt is happening. It's something that we kind of all need to, well, deal with. And what might that be, you say? What might that be? It has to do with the standard rules of economics. Now, the standard rules of economics have changed dramatically in the last few years. You see, all of the things that I learned years ago at university, out the door, completely out the door. The morals, the mores, the ethics, the lifestyle that I was trained and brought up in, everything's like completely out the door. I mean, for example, when's the last time you heard a kid riding a bicycle and flipping her little ringer-linger-dinger? And eh, you just don't hear that. When's the last time you saw a kid riding a bicycle with their baseball cards on clothes hangers and the wheels are going... Well, when's the last time you saw a clothes hanger? I would be willing to bet, I would be willing to bet most households where the occupants are under 40 do not have a clothes hanger. I would be willing to bet most homes in America no longer have outdoor um, clothes hangers. Ooh, super tramps coming up. Ooh, very cool, very cool. So... But my point being is that we've lost a lot of things, and well, why? Okay, so let's talk about a few of the reasons why. Political correctness. You've heard me say before, you know, everything's got to be politically correct. We've also had the merging of propaganda with journalism. Now, this has gone on for years. Journalists, you know I have no use for those people, because most of them do not report real news. Now, Here's the problem. Real news reporters, real journalists, are the ones that have a beat. They used to be the crime beat, the uh, city hall beat, that kind of thing. They were your local beat reporters. Now, the problem is when they started having sources and they started basically being pie holes for various politicians and business owners and they would slant stories, we had a newspaper here in town, the Ocala Star Banner, that for years would have people who were absolutely conflicted with the sheriff's office or with various businesses, and they would, you know, coach it as if these were reporters, and they kind of had some disclaimers in there and said, well, you know, they're not really reporters, they're just, you know, guest reporters, et cetera. And it just, it was terrible, absolutely terrible. But then you can't do anything about that. So the thing is, you find a few people, you know, but here's the thing. What is journalism? Just tell me the facts. Joe Friday, just tell me the facts. I just want to know what's going on so I can make a decision. Okay, the other thing is just changing attitudes. Now, people have changed. You know, tough times breed tough men. I grew up some really tough times, okay? I, they weren't like World War II, but I grew up during the Vietnam War. I grew up 
I was not drafted, okay? I'm not old enough for that, but I've got friends. Pat, if you're listening down in Tampa, you know, I know a lot of you guys served, and you're all getting to be older old farts now, right? I knew a guy years ago who was a tunnel rat. Man, he wasn't right. If you don't know what a tunnel rat is, look it up. But uh, yeah, those kinds of things can really warp you fast. But here's the thing. We had 1968, we had all the riots, we had the assassinations, 1972. We had the oil embargo. Nixon resigned. I remember my mother sat back and said to my dad, well, who will be the president of the United States? I mean, will the military take over? We had a lot of issues, okay? There were a lot of issues. Some of you may remember when Reagan was um, shot before they found Bush, and he was out doing God knows whatever he was doing at the time. And then we're not talking about George W. We're talking about H.W., okay? George Herbert Walker, the president who is dead, the daddy that died, the one that liked unique and colorful shock, uh, socks. Anyways, the, the thing that happened was you had a fellow by the name of Alexander Haig. Alexander Haig was uh, a, a general, served in the uh, Nixon administration, and um, he got out and said, you know, that he was in charge. He wasn't telling the journalists that he's in charge, meaning that he has the constitutional authority, but he was saying that the White House is functioning, et cetera. They twisted that, just made it just a god-awful set of circumstances. But those were tough times. I remember Jimmy Carter, you know. We had poor old dumb Ford, uh, Gerald Ford. But, you know, we're going to whip inflation. And Carter got in, oh, my God, 79, 80, and 81, hyperinflation. Uh, we've had some tough times. I get that. Tough times breed tough men. So I guess to, you know, for a lot of you buttercups and snowflakes, you, know, you sit back and you say, oh, what was different when you were around, you know? Yeah, it was. You had to be more resourceful. You had to be, have more creative thinking. We didn't have phones. You couldn't call mommy and daddy when you got a boo-boo. You just fixed things up. I got a big old gash on my chin. It's from playing. And I just, you know, put some isotracin in, put a Band-Aid on. My mother said, what are you doing in the bathroom, Paul? And I came out and she damn near passed out because I, I looked like, you know, I, it was, I was a bloody mess. But we were just playing. As kids, you know, what were we doing? We were just throwing rocks at different things and... And uh, one guy, you know, his aim wasn't so good, and he just hit me right square in the face, and blood like a, oh, blood horribly. So what? You know, he just had a little flap of skin. I cleaned it up. I know it's going to sound gross, but I, I knew there was some uh, debris in there, and I took some tweezers, pulled it out. You know, it's what you do. I mean, I don't know, what was I, 10 or 12? You just deal with it. Today, it'd be like, oh, my God, it'd be an emergency room, and most of the women out there who have kids would just be losing their shit everywhere. So the bottom line is when it comes to economics, the world of supply and demand is so screwed up, it's not funny. You know, we used to do quantitative analysis. Once upon a time, you actually did math by hand. I know how to use an abacus, and I know how to use a slide rule. I also know how to do math the right way. The new math is just a bunch of crap. But all the mathematics now is easily done with uh, spreadsheets. Anybody can do the mathematics. But the real muster is with the qualitative analysis, sitting back and being unemotional and having some reference points and figuring things out. But everything is emotional. That's why I'm saying everything is qualitative because everything is emotional. Like the other day, I talked about real estate, that sometimes real estate ownership sucks. It limits you from going out and having flexibility. But I can tell you, some people didn't like it because real estate is the American dream. Oh. Hogwash bullshit. I call, uh, I call bullshit on that one. <laughs>
It's not about how much you make, it's how much you keep. And if sometimes you can make a boatload of money getting up and moving, then do that. So real estate prices are completely nuts right now, okay? But there's a trend out there, and I'm going to tell you, it's, it's a big trend. I'm um, sharing it with you. It's been going on for years. I've, I've talked about this among clients for many, many years. But the trend is nomads. And right now, there are a lot of men and women between the ages of 50 and 65 who are throwing their middle finger up and saying, you know what, I'm done especially white men who have lost their jobs, who are no longer wanted in the corporate world. And these are really quality people. So here's a, here's a gig. Let's just say for, right, for a quick example, just real simple examples. Let's say you've got a pension. You pull the pension early. Okay, so you've got $2,000. Let's say you can get a minimal amount. You get, uh, let's say, $2,000, $3,000 to do $2,500 for Social Security. So you've got $4,500 a month coming in. Your wife has worked in the past as a teacher. She has a pension. And guess what? Uh, same thing. Uh, she's got Social Security. And with today, just to keep it all correct, it's going to be exactly the same thing. Now, the both of you have got $4,500 a month coming in. Times two, what do you got? Nine grand. Times 12, you got yourself $108,000. Now, for some of you where you live, $108,000 is what you need every week for income, every month, you know, every quarter. Some of you, if you make that in a year, you're fat city. Okay, I get that. But let's just take this example. You got $108,000. And you'd like to have the opportunity to chill, relax, and you want to start uh, making bank, really making bank. So you, you do, you sell your house, you take the profits from that, and you buy a travel trailer. A lot of people are buying Sprinters or these big uh, Ford or um, uh, Dodge vans. I like the Mercedes Sprinter personally. Some people are going out and buying Class B motorhomes. Um, some people are buying big Class A motorhomes. Some are buying these big Class A's with gas um, engines. Some are buying with diesels and, and their pushers in the back. Everything I just told you, I've owned. I've had trailers. I've had uh, conversion vans. I've had Class B's. I've had big, giant Class A rock star uh, vehicles. But here's the thing. Some people need to hunker down. And I'm, I'm dead serious about this. I'm so sick and tired. Oh, I can't make ends meet. Well, figure it out, you dumbass. This is not tough. And one of the things most people should be thinking about right now, and a lot of people are, they're thinking of modern minimalist methods. Modern minimalist methods. For those of you who have heard my prior podcast, I used to talk about 3M. I talked a lot about this. And every single person should always think in terms of being a modern minimalist. I'll give you an example. Okay, things that really, really irk my uh, irk me, and that is, you say you get a cup of coffee, right? You get a cup of coffee, so you grab the uh, styrofoam uh, thing, whatever dispenser, and you grab a cup of coffee, and then you throw the coffee, the styrofoam, into your uh, your wastebasket, and then you go and get another cup of coffee in there. So you've wasted maybe four or five cups throughout the day. Like, what the hell's the matter with you? That just doesn't make sense. Here's another good example. You have a, a where you work, they don't provide coffee, so you have to pay for it. Let's say every time you go get coffee, it's 50 cents. Let's just use that as an example. Let's use a quarter, make it easy. Your company charges you a quarter for a cup of coffee. So you get four cups of coffee during the day. That's, that's a buck, right? Okay, but how much does it cost you if you would buy a thermos and you made your coffee and you went in and took it in. Oh, I, I don't want a brown bag. I look poor doing that. No, for guys like me, you actually look like you're halfway intelligent. 
So you have the coffee in the urn and the grounds are thrown out, right? Okay. In my office here, in my X section, where, where, um, and it's a Truesdell Professional Building. Guess what? My last name, I own it. So in our area, we go through about four, sometimes as many as five pots of coffee a day. Guess what happens to those grounds? Those grounds, when they come out, go into a bucket. And I literally, I'm the guy who periodically goes to the bucket. I remove all of the filters that are dry. And you know what I do those ground, use those grounds for? I put them on the grass in the yard here at the office. And we've got some grass that is really green. Why do you think that's the case? So there's always ways to be a modern minimalist without being a moron. It's not living under a Vidoc. Now let's talk about this whole thing about working from home, okay? And I want you to think in terms of a different approach. Instead of working from home where you have a house, what if you worked from your Sprinter van? So you get a husband and wife, right? And let's say you've got a, a, a newborn, right? You got a little kid. Do you have to work from your house? If you have a Sprinter van or you have a Class B motorhome, what a perfect time to show your child all the things that life has to offer. You take five or six years. Oh, we're cramped. Well, get used to it, buttercup. That's not a big deal. You got a place for you and your wife to sleep and make more baby batter. You got a place for the kid. You can, you can child-proof the thing. But then you take your kid and you go to Yosemite. You go to Yellowstone. You go out to uh, the oh, Arizona desert. I mean, painted the painted desert. You go up to uh, and see the original Starbucks up in Seattle. You can go to Portland and see the, the morons and freaks that are up there. <coughs> go to... Go, go, just enjoy and do things. But if you have a job where you can work from anywhere, what do you need? A, the internet? Look, in my office, and again, this goes back now a couple of decades, we had over 2,000 square feet dedicated solely to video production. We had a room, um, uh, a couple hundred square feet, I guess it was, dedicated strictly to podcasting. All, technology has changed all that. Everything has changed. Listen, I'm dead serious. What I do, I could do in a really nice sprinter. I'm actually thinking about buying one. I hate to tell you what the price of the damn thing is. It's going to cost around a couple hundred thousand dollars. But, you know, sometimes I, I like to take my afternoon siesta. Well, I can pull into a parking lot anywhere, either let the damn thing run or turn on the generator, stay nice and cool, take a snooze. If I need to freshen up, take a quick shower, spritz off. Want to change clothes? Eh, bring around the collar. It was dirty. It was a rough day. Oh, I spilled some coffee in my shirt. To grab another one. You get out and move around. Enjoy things. Oh, I got to do a video conference. Big deal. You can set up one of those things where not only can you do it a lot easier, but it's, it's flexible. So the key words are fixed and flexible. So how about working from anywhere? Me? Yeah, I'm really seriously thinking about having potentially a driver, but also just driving myself and doing things. And, and one of the goals that we had set years ago is we like Maui, we like Idaho, we like Texas and Florida, okay? And Florida is home base. Uh, we have a ranch in Idaho. We have property in all these places. We have another big ranch in Texas. But, you know, maybe you guys should start working three months in each one or a month in each one, you know, just a month in Maui, a month in Idaho. 
Idaho, a month in Florida, a month in Texas, and just kind of float around. Problem with Maui, you can't really go anywhere, so I get a little claustrophobic there. But, you know, I mean, let's just take uh, Idaho, uh, uh, we'll put in uh, New Hampshire. Idaho, New Hampshire, Florida, Texas, or Maine, you know, just kind of float around, enjoy things. Ooh, it's cold up there. Well, not going to go. Oh, it's hot down there. Well, let's go someplace nice. Now, the problem is that most people don't, oh, you, there's no appreciation for the, the price drop of consumer electronics. I mean, everything is cheap. Again, like I've, I've said on many, many occasions, a production studio that once cost a minimum of a million dollars dropped to 100000 which are now basically you can get for $1,000. And if you can go out and you get yourself an iPhone and you get yourself a decent microphone, basically, you're in business. Things have changed so much. And just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because you think you can doesn't mean you really can. It takes time and effort and practice and, well, you know, it takes, it's a lot of work. You know, doing things like what we're doing, it, it doesn't just happen overnight. You got to work it. So there's always a need for talent. And if you got a talent, you can do things wherever you want. Can you imagine? And listen, we've actually done this because I've had the projectors. You want to go to the movies, right? You've got a sprinter, you got your kid, right? Newborn, you got your wife or your husband, whatever, you know, I don't care. You're, you're out in a beautiful place in Arizona. You got a campground. You put up a sheet on the side of your camper, right? It's nice and smooth. You actually have a couple of, uh, let's say, PVC pipes that uh, you've had strapped down. You put them together and like you have some clips and you, oh, you make a screen. <coughs> Excuse me. So you got a screen. Kind of cool, right? And then you have some people around you say, hey, listen, we're going to be doing movie night. Have a drink. Come on over. We're making them some popcorn. We're going to be watching uh, A Few Good Men, or we're going to watch uh, Days of Thunder, or we're going to watch whatever, you know, something happy. We're going to watch Office Space. Oh, yeah, Office Space. Bring your chair. Come on by. And we got some speakers. And you, you set up an impromptu little movie time, right? A couple hours watching a movie, people chatting, shooting the breeze. How you doing? Good to see you. Everything else. You're making connections. See, my mom and dad did that. I've done that. And I've still got some of those same damn connections all these years later. Price drop. Consumer electronics has dropped dramatically. You can do things. It's easy, simple. Ah, but there's a problem. Either you or your spouse always got an excuse. Oh, it's too much work to do that. Oh, you have to set things up. Oh, people are just GD lazy. Oh, I don't know these other people. Or, or here's the one I love. Oh, but they're not church people. We only go to the church. We socialize and do everything with our church. Oh, God. Really? You know, just so you know, I'm not, uh, I'm a druid. Make it really clear to you, okay? Yeah, there was a guy called Muhammad and Jesus. There's Buddha. There's lots of people out there that I believe that you can learn from. Great advice. Great life coaches. Divinely inspired. Some of them were shitbags. They had some really bad things. And people since then have twisted their words. But I'm a minimalist. I believe in simplicity and minimalism. As a druid, I say that to get people all worked up. I, I'm a naturalist, okay? And that's not a nudist. It's a naturalist. There's a natural law. There is natural ordering in life. I'm not going to spit in the wind. So here's the thing. So many people get so stuck in their little little group and they, they can't get out. Ooh, making popcorn. What if somebody broke a tooth? They'd sue us. Ooh, maybe they don't like salt. Oh, we can't have peanuts because... 
One out of every 5,727 kids is allergic to peanuts. You people get a God-blessed life. All these excuses. I guess one of the advantages I have is my parents were born in 1915. That was a different era, but because I was born so much later in their life that uh, I feel like I grew up during that time frame. I grew up in the pandemic. I knew what it was like hard times. Man, my mom and dad had some tough times. They came from money, but um, they, they had some really, really tough times. World War II was tough. Dad was a Marine. A lot of men didn't come home. Dad did. Came home to his wife and a newborn baby. So the advantage is I got to see things. So let me tell you something. Some things work. They've always worked. And what you don't need to do is continue to reinvent the wheel. Now, this one thing today I want to share with you, and that is going west, young man. And what I mean by that, years ago, cowboys, who else? Explorers. My family, my heritage, were Vikings, were ancient Vikings that came down and kicked the ass of the French that were in the area of Normandy. We are then called Normans. That was around 900, give or take. And then we went with William the Conqueror, kicked the ass of the British, and we ruled there for a while. One of my great-grandfathers, many removed, built the stump in Boston, Lincolnshire in England. Then the Winthrop fleets came over. We've been here since 1630. I believe in epigenetic memory. We went west, and what did we do? Well, we went and created Boston. Yeah, first vicar of Boston was a Truesdale. So we've gone west. We've done things. It's just part of life. I'm telling you to do the same damn thing. You know, the whole world is, there's nowhere to go. I mean, Elon Musk, laugh if you want about the guy, but I'm telling you, at least he's going west. Go to the moon, go to Mars, go, learn, try. Oh, people are going to die if we go to Mars. So what? If you, if you got a, if you said, hey, listen, we're going to build a spaceship, we're going to go to Mars, high probability, 90% chance you're going to die within the first year, basically 100% chance you'll be dead within five years, but we need it as a goal. You couldn't count the people that would stand in line wanting to go. Why? Because we're hardwired that way. At least some of us are. Many of you are just stuck in a rut. Your rut is mental, maybe physical, emotional, intellectual, whatever. Doesn't mean you have to get out of your house and do things, but you have to stay current. Go west. Explore. And one of the things you can do, there is a trend. Get a wagon. Not a station wagon. Not a covered wagon. Maybe get a sprinter. Buy a used one. Learn how to do things with your hands. Create your own getaway and get out. Get your head out of your ass, young man, and get out. Because there's so much out there to do if you just do it. The Paul Truesdell podcast is not for buttercups and snowflakes. If you become upset with any portion of the old-fashioned common sense given during a podcast, feel free to go outside and tell a wall how you feel. You will get more sympathy from a cement wall than you will from Paul Truesdell. Why? He doesn't care or have time for those who are lazy, stupid, and voluntarily dependent on others for financial support. No joke, this guy doesn't care for lazy, stupid, and the leeches of society.
Life is short. Have fun. Enjoy. Explore. And get off your bottom. Whatever the excuse, Paul is the guy who does not want to hear it. Now, with that said, if you want to be a part of the Truesdale movement, what should you do? Well, let's see. Maybe you should start by finding a way to get a hold of Team Truesdale and let it be know that you are not a pussy, buttercup, or snowflake. And you want to be among normal people who think normal is just fine. The world is not ending. But everyone alive today will be dead, within, a hundred years or so. So what? Big deal. The circle of life has been working this way for a long, long time. Are you engaged and doing, or watching and waiting to be told what to do? If you need to be told, then begin by contacting Team Truesdell. Do it now. Stop farting around. Team Truesdell is the real deal, and it's where real men and women can be comfortable in their skin because everyone at Team Truesdell are damn sure comfortable in theirs. Stand up. Do a few push-ups. Stretch. Bend. Go for a walk. Stay in shape. Physical wealth is far more important than financial wealth, and your physical wealth cannot be delegated. Physical wealth requires, strength, endurance, and flexibility training, with natural nutrition and hydration, in moderation, each and every day. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then. Keep it real, Roscoe.